The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. It is time for Streetwise with former chief of the New York City Sheriff's Department, former chief of the Seagate Police Department, retired New York City detective, Time Warner Public Access Media Award, Joe Franklin Super Excellence in Broadcasting Memory Lane Award, New York Veteran Police Association Streetwise Production, host of Streetwise, Mr. Lou Tarano. Uh, good evening, and welcome back to Street Streetwise. Okay. Anyway, my attorney, um, my guest, by the way, who's hanging on the line, I want to thank him for hanging on for the last couple of minutes. He's an attorney, columnist, author, TV commentator, and contributor, uh, best-selling uh, books. I want to highlight uh, and talk about two of his uh, the books uh, this evening. One is the uh, coming of the collapse of China. The next book is a Nuclear Showdown. Cannot be more appropriate than the nuclear showdown, I guess you want to call it that way, than the recent summit between President Donald Trump and the Supreme Leader of the People's Republic of North Korea, Kim Jong-un. I want to welcome to Streetwise, Gordon Chang. Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. What do you think happened as a result, uh, which pretty much uh, actually ties in China and uh, and uh, Korea? Do you think that we are going to benefit uh, from the uh, summit, which, by the way, was the first time in history that any United States president ever met with uh, the leader of North Korea? What's our gain or loss, if any, with that meeting, Gordon Chang? It would be great to know the answer to that question, mm. and we will only know months from now. Um, President Trump has took a big gamble um, in engaging in some unconventional diplomacy, and um, we're going to find out whether it's going to pay off or not. Um, up until the end of uh, May, uh, the United States had, uh, and through Trump's brilliant diplomacy, actually engaged in really some very tactically brilliant moves, mm. and the North Koreans were the only ones making the concessions. At the June 12th summit, it was only President Trump making concessions. He made some very big ones. And um, if you think about traditional negotiating strategy, he um, did some things which are completely unconventional. In other words, things you would never do. So, for instance, um, we know that Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader, certainly wanted uh, to have the meeting for legitimization. President Trump didn't get anything in return for that. Matter of fact, he gave up a lot, including mm. suspending the military exercises. So um, President Trump put himself in a very disadvantageous position. If Kim Jong-un is not as good as his word, um, we're in for some pretty difficult times, not only with the North Koreans, but their friends, the Chinese, the mm. Russians, and even the South Koreans. So what was uh, North Korea's benefit? What was Kim Jong-un's? You see, I, I was looking at it, uh, you know, in another aspect as well. Uh, China pretty much controls North Korea. Am I correct? You're the expert on it. I, th I think I the big think brother. So. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I mean, that's a very long conversation. Correct. But remember, Kim Jong-un went to China three times in a row, indicating mm -hmm. that the Chinese were pulling the string, correct. making Kim Jong-un look like a yo-yo. Well, you know, isn't where his currency or where his supplies and fuel and everything comes from, so he probably had to do that to make these chips? I think so. Yeah, so he had no choice. So one of the things that I was thinking that uh, I think, uh, again, you're the expert on this, he was more, I 
or a little concerned with the sanctions that uh, Donald Trump said he may impose, and that would hurt North Korea because they're not in great shape uh, at the present time financially anyway. So could this be one of the reasons, or, or is it just a, a, a diversion for, for anything else, uh, Gordon? I think that Kim had a number of reasons for the summit. One of them was sanctions relief. The other one, yes. he wanted to make sure the U.S. wouldn't strike North Korea's missile and nuke facilities. Yeah. He certainly wanted the legitimization of the meeting, um, just standing next to President Trump, shaking his hand. Right. That solidified his rule back home. And he also wanted a counterweight to China, um, and the United States can provide that for North Korea. Right. Okay, but here's the thing. So what? Did, so that was his gain. Uh what is what is Trump's gain? Because you said he did something that's never been done before and it's unorthodox or unusual or whatever. So what did Trump gain from it? He gained some political, obviously, uh, because he's the first president to do that with the summit. So what would be his gain overall? Um, at least from the summit, uh, extremely little and maybe mm, nothing at all. Nothing Remember, at all. we gave up, uh, we suspended the military exercises, which I think is extremely dangerous because the Chinese, uh, the North Koreans did not suspend their exercises, oh, which means they're continually preparing for war and our alliance is becoming hollow because we're not exercising. Also, um, he, President Trump agreed to a very weak joint statement where the North Koreans committed to very little. The one thing President Trump did get was a promise to return remains of U.S. Yes. soldiers, um, and, and that's important. Um, but uh, in the scheme of things, um, we gave up so much more than we got at that summit. Okay. Well, my, uh, my guest, uh, Gordon Chang, is referring to the military exercises off the South, South uh, Korea uh, waters. Am I correct, Gordon? Well, it's, um, much, um, North, the exercise is on the Korean Peninsula. On the Korean Peninsula, itself. correct, itself, right, right. Uh, uh, we did gain because, you know, it, it's, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, a friend of mine just got the news, uh, in fact, it was a week ago, I don't know how that happened, that his brother's remains may come back, uh, and probably after the summer, I guess this happened, uh, with 99, with allegedly he's supposed to get 100 uh, remains of our. Uh, missing in action uh, soldiers from uh, the Korean War. So that that's, I, I guess, that's what, if anything, is a political gain for Trump in that aspect. Sure, yeah. um, but that political gain will turn into a political liability oh, if right. Kim Jong-un um, is seen to have played the American president. Uh, I know that. That's that's uh, one of the concerns, concerns on that. So you, you, do you feel... That that uh, so how we can control them now? How could we control Kim Jong Un from not uh, utilizing all this uh, missile thing exercises within the country that he's doing now? You know, uh, with the uh, nuclear energy things and the atomic bomb and all that. Can we can how can we know? Wasn't there an agreement that he would curtail that for a while? Well, he did, um, and um, that was one of the benefits that President Trump got. Um, mm before June, which was a suspension of North Korean missile and nuke tests. Um, and President Trump also got some other things. So really, this has been a, a two-part campaign. But your first question is, how can we control Kim? Yeah. I think that's pretty easy. I mean, we go back mm. to um, a pressuring the regime, um, cutting off the flow of money. Correct. Um, and also, um, the threats worked very well to getting Kim to the bargaining table. Um, so there's a lot the United States can do, um, but what it's done um, by uh, giving up a lot at the summit was making diplomacy um, much more difficult for us 
and giving Kim a lot of wins where we didn't need to have to do that. Mm. But you know, you know, from uh, from the uh, I, I, the public's point of view, I see and I hear that they feel that it's a great achievement, even though you're absolutely correct, and it's probably not a great achievement, but it looks like it, uh, especially from a, a political uh, perspective, you know, so it's, that's probably a gain that, that he's got. Now, why is it now Korea pretty much gets all, as we mentioned, uh, I mentioned a moment ago, gets pretty much its supplies, its fuel and everything from China, so why would they be concerned about, uh, you know, but they do have heavy-duty financial issues in that country. So why would that be one of their concerns if, uh, if their big brother China is looking after them? Because China is fragile itself, and President Trump, if he wants to, can um, actually take China's financial system and put it, into, and put it down, actually. Um, because all four of China's so-called big four banks have been laundering money for North Korea. Correct. That's a violation of Section 311 of the Patriot Act. Right. And that means we can cut them off from the global banking system because they would no longer be able to do business in dollars. Oh. So President Trump has overwhelming leverage over not only the North Koreans, but the Chinese and the Russians. Um, and the question is, um, is he willing to use that leverage? Um, as, as I mentioned, um, you know, it's okay for President Trump to give up some advantage, um, which he did, but uh, there is uh, a point where he's going to have to show that the North Koreans are giving up their weapons. And if we don't get to that point, people are going to look at the summit and say that's where things went off the rails. If he actually gets the North Koreans to give up their weapons, that's where people will say that all the magic occurred. So this is a very high-risk strategy for President Trump and, of course, for the United States and the international community. Mm. You know, then what, then what does uh, Kim Jong-un have then? If he, uh, this is, His muscles is pretty much uh, what he's doing with all this atomic uh, you know, the energy that he's using, the bombs and the missiles and everything else. If he, he uh, gives that up, uh, he's not, you know, the little tough guy that he would like people to believe. And where would his strength be? Because I, you know, it, it appears that to a degree he has what you know, little man uh, complex, as they say. So his his muscle would be uh, these missiles and having uh, atomic uh, bomb superiority over many of the other countries. So if he loses that, what does he have? How does he for his ego and for him to? I would think to control. Uh, Korea, because also I'm, I'm just rambling on here a little bit, but I think he would also love to be to uh, have one Korea. That's a couple of questions I'm asking you. So put that all together, uh, I'm trying to say it's a, I think would be a loss for him. Well, the biggest nuclear arsenal on Earth did not save the Soviet Union, and mm. Kim is in a sense in a similar position. Now Kim already has a deterrent and that is the ability to kill hundreds of thousands and maybe millions in Seoul mm. within a week or so. Correct. Because he still has his conventional artillery, he's got his chemical and biological agents, he's got his army forward deployed on the demilitarized zone, which separates the two Koreas. So he has plenty of deterrent. Um, he doesn't need a nuclear arsenal mm -hmm. uh, for that purpose. But what that arsenal does, though, it costs a lot of money and it creates a lot of isolation and indeed a lot of trouble with the United States. So it's not necessarily that he gives it up and he loses his power. Correct. He has a mm -hmm. lot of power um, besides the arsenal. Uh, what is his other power? Uh, you know, but again, uh, why would he wipe out Seoul? I, I know that's been it's been mentioned before. His threat. 
uh, that he's capable of doing that. Again, what what would be you know again what would be his gain on that, though, Gordon Shank? Well, first of all, it's a deterrent. Just the ability Just to do that is mm. the deterrent that you were talking about. Correct. Um, and mm. if he thought that the United States would not uh, come to South Korea's rescue, then you know by invading the South, he could achieve a Kim family goal of seven decades, which is to uh, totally absorb South Korea. In other words, to rule the entire Korean Peninsula. Right. That's that's. Uh, you feel that's probably one or uh, has been one of his goals or the goal. Well, it's clearly their goal. It's been the goal mm. since the beginning of the uh, family. family dynasty family in, in dynasty. 1948. Mm. So, again, you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that also, the, that China has also some uh, some uh, U.S. Uh, currency issues as well. I think they're $1.1 trillion in debt, China, to uh, throughout the world. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I I don't know exactly how much their external indebtedness is, but it's right. not major in comparison with wow. their assets. But China is overstretched. Um, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has made commitments which I think are bigger than China's resources, um, and um, their external debt, which must be in the billions, um, you know, mm. is not a material factor. But nonetheless, uh, China is is constrained. Right, right, right. But also, doesn't China need us as well? And we need China to a degree, especially uh, uh, with the f- uh, back and forth of the, uh, you know, purchasing items and using, uh, you know, that we, we need things from China and they need things from us. I mean, is, uh, how would that affect the negotiations or how would that affect Korea? Because China needs us and we need China. So, But China needs us so much more than we, we do. need China. Right. Um, for instance, last year we had a $375.2 billion merchandise trade deficit with China. Yeah. Trade deficit countries are in a really in a catbird seat when it comes to negotiations. Also, we do not have an economy geared to selling things to China, but China has with an us. economy geared to selling things to us. Mm. Because last year, 88.8% of their merchandise trade surplus related to sales to the U.S. And we're a much bigger economy than theirs. You know, this is a very complicated issue, but uh, we have much more power over China than most people here think. Plus, um, they've got a fragile economy right now. we got a stable one. Yes. And in reality, our economy is growing faster than theirs. Yeah. Is it growing faster because we have a new administration that with Donald Trump? Yes. The answer yeah. to that is yes. Mm. Um, China, in reality, is growing maybe 2.5%. We're growing a little bit more than that, and towards the end of this year, we'll probably be growing three and a half or so. And the reason why it's growing so fast right now are two. First of all, tax reform, which dropped rates. Mm. Second of all, the reduction in regulations has also freed the economy. So that's the reason why we're doing um, a lot better than uh, we were, let's say, a year or so ago. Correct. So, uh, so we looks like we're we, we're in good shape. I would think the future looks good for us. Now let's talk about you, uh, uh, you yourself. I, I know you consider the pundit or blogger, and, and, and you got uh, you're an expert in things that you do. I recently seen you on uh, on the Morning Joe, one of my favorite fake news uh, programs. You know, and uh, I, I know coming uh, the coming collapse of China, right? Uh, so our audience can understand exactly in, in, in your terms. Uh, is it because of their present financial issues that you just mentioned? Well, there are a lot of reasons. Um, 
in the middle of uh, in the middle of 2001, I, uh, I released that book, and I said the Communist Party would fall within a decade. So I'm out of time. Um, but the problem right now for China is that it is incurring debt faster than it's producing nominal gross domestic product, and they can't continue that forever. Matter of fact, I don't think they can continue that for much longer, and that's one of the reasons why their growth rate really has come down quite a lot. They claim 6.9 percent growth last year, but they really didn't have that. Um, and also, they've got a fragile political system right now. Um, they are able to keep it together because they've got draconian capital controls keeping money in, mm. uh, and many of those restrictions are not on the books, so they're starting to look like a banana republic. Mm. And you've got a lot of unhappiness. Um, so you put all that together, it, it's not a combination of sustainability. They can keep it together because they've got a lot of control over everything, the markets, the economy, the courts, society. They're becoming essentially a totalitarian society again mm. with the social controls. But, you know, those are things where you know, it works in the short term but doesn't work long term. Long, long term. Okay. Nuclear Showdown, that, uh, how many books? Uh, have, I have two books and two top books, by, by the way, folks, is by Amazon. The coming collapse of China and nuclear showdown, but that that, that book is so uh, appropriate for what you know that, that I mentioned earlier with our meetings with uh, North North Korea. Uh, nuclear showdown exactly. Uh, it means what? It means who who has the most uh, who has the most muscle as far as having nuclear power in the in the world? No, not really. Um, really, it referred to it's it's the full title is particular showdown, North Korea takes on the world. And that's what we're talking about. It's North Korea actually is, um, you know, certainly not as powerful as the United States, right. but it's challenging the U.S. It's challenging the international system. It's challenging the world's nonproliferation regime. And if that regime falls apart because North Korea gets the bomb and is able to keep it, then you're going to see a lot of other countries um, want nuclear weapons as well. So what we've got is, I think we're on the sort of verge of a nuclear breakout. You've got two regimes that want weapons, North Korea that already has them, of course, Iran, which may have them through right. North Korea. And um, we've had a very stable world with very little proliferation in recent years, but I think that could very well change. Right. So North Korea poses an outside, outsized challenge, even though it is itself a puny economy. Um, and not a very powerful country um, on its own. Right. The, the, the main source, I think, is the, the military. The people, I understand, are uh, not doing as well because all their money goes into keeping, showing his strength. That's, the, that's what they say. One of the concerns that people have, and, and which we pretty much know, is that we thought we had to uh, uh, walk softly, with uh, Kim Jong-un because we say, hey, this guy could go off uh, at any time and say, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll take out the world. So that's a, that was a, a threat and, uh, indirectly because I think he did say, uh, if I have to, I'll take out the world. So people are really were afraid uh, of this guy, so they wanted to walk softly. So now that they seem to be at ease, you know, with uh, with the summit because it seems like, Hey, this guy is not as crazy. He's not a, a head case, uh, you know, like we assumed he was, because we felt, you know, a lot of these countries, which you know, uh, not not death is not their 
issues, not their concern. So do, can we relax now because of that? No. Cannot. I mean, North Korea is still dangerous, despite what President Trump said. Um, and North Korea is, um, can take, you know, we could very well go back to those fire and fury days if North Korea is not as good as the pledge that it made, apparently, to President Trump at that June 12 summit that he was willing to give up his weapons. If he doesn't give up his weapons, Trump is put in a very difficult position where he then either has to admit that he was played by uh, mm -hmm. Kim Jong-un or he's going to have to take steps to actually disarm him. And so we could end up in confrontations not only with North Korea, but also with Moscow and Beijing and maybe even with South Korea. Now, yeah, I was going to, man I was going to mention that. I'm going to mention uh, now, where does uh, Russia fit in with all of this? Russia is basically a troublemaker when it's come to North Korea. Hmm. It, in the Cold War, uh, Russia and China competed to um, support North Korea to get the affections of Kim Il-sung, the founder of the regime. When the Cold War ended, it, North Korea had only had one sponsor, which was China. Um, but right now, Putin has uh, made noises about actually you know, he's clearly busting sanctions, U.N. sanctions, and, and making life difficult for the United States. And um, not to the credit of the Trump administration, um, the president, our president, has not um, imposed any costs on the Russians for supporting the North Korean economy in ways that violate those sanctions. Right. And it's also true of the Chinese, who have also been violating sanctions in a pretty blatant way, and the United States has not done anything about it. And that, to me, is inexplicable. All right. So, so what do we do? What would be uh, what would be our, our punitive uh, action if that you know, with Russia or China? Aside the first thing that China, I would do um, right. with China um, would be to uh, start fining or actually designating their banks to be primary money laundering concerns. Correct. As I talked about, I mean that would throw the Chinese banking system in the turmoil. Certainly, mm. the economy, maybe even the political system. These are things that we should do, um, largely because um, whatever one thinks about our North Korea policy should be, these Chinese banks have been violating U.S. federal law by laundering money for North Korea, and they've gotten off scot-free. And that is not to the credit of um, um, a guy named George W. Bush, mm -hmm. a guy named Barack Obama, mm -hmm. and a guy named Donald John Trump. Hmm. So who, does that, uh, that who would get that uh, acknowledgment? Well, the yes. only person who can do it right now would be um, the right. <laughs> current president of the United <laughs> States. Okay. And uh, now what happens if they were, and if he does impose that and they're reluctant, what's, uh, what's uh, the alternative? Well, it, the Chinese have really no way to resist that because we can designate those banks uh -huh. without their approval or without the approval of any other country. Oh. This is completely up to President Trump, oh, and right. he hasn't done it. Oh, so we can, we can control the money strings for that? Oh. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, the United States can do this. Um, under President Trump, the U.S. has cut North Korea's revenue, foreign revenue, by mm. about half. That's very good, but it's not enough. And the administration right now knows what to do and is not doing a lot of things um, to stem that money flow. And I guess they do it because they don't want to get Kim upset. And I can sort of understand that. But mm -hmm. if Kim um, proves to be recalcitrant in giving up his weapons, the United States needs to go back to enforcing those sanctions in a strict way. Hmm. 
Now, then we, we uh, would, uh, it seems like we had uh, similar, similar uh, issues when going back to JFK with uh, Fidel Castro, and then uh, with JFK, with, I'm saying JFK, I would say, with Fidel, uh, not Fidel Castro, and then uh, we've had issues with the Soviet Soviet Union during Reagan's time, and now we have Trump and North Korea. Uh, do, do we follow the Do we follow the, the, the same, uh, uh, you know, actions? Uh, you know, that seemed to be able to handle that. Do you think Trump can handle this this problem? I think that he can handle it. Um, um, so far, you know, as I mentioned, he gets like an A plus for his actions yes. up through May 30, and he gets mm. close to a D minus for everything after <laughs> May 31st. Um, but as I said, this is, you know, for only people who are Korea experts will score this by the week. Right. The, the ultimate test is whether the president, our president, is able to disarm the North Koreans. If he does, you know, a bad summit is not a big deal. If he doesn't do it, yes, it is a big deal. Oh. Um, and so the president has really got a high-risk strategy right now in terms of letting the North Koreans get a lot of advantage with very little in re- or virtually nothing in return. That doesn't make sense unless he can actually get the North Koreans to give up their weapons. Right. And uh, what do you predict, uh, Gordon Chang? I predict the president will be successful, but that's more hope on my part oh, maybe hope. than analysis. Right. Okay. Mm, interesting. Do you have another book coming out? No, I don't. Things are changing much too fast. That's, that's um, right. I just write articles. I'm a, I'm a Daily Beast columnist. Daily Beast. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. And... Um, I, I just try to um, I just try to keep up on a day by day basis. It's like the proverbial fire hose and trying to drink from it. It's really difficult. But you know, it's, it's, the um, people seem to reach out for you because they just uh, like I am trying to get your thoughts, your advice, and suggestions. So, uh, uh, what what you what do you what you feeling on that? How do you feel yourself if people were pretty much how do I say, uh, you, you know, respect your thoughts and your opinion? You know, so you as, uh, you know, in, in what you do, uh, what do you, how do you feel about that? I, I, think it's a, it's an, I think it's a good thing that people have to, to uh, look toward you as one of the people that we need certain advice, what's going around, uh, especially uh, China and Russia and North Korea. What's your thoughts on that, your feeling? Well, I'm, I'm just one person who's writing, um, <laughs> and it's, you know, there are a lot of voices, uh, right. The American people are going to look at everything and make up their own mind. But I do believe that we're at a point where conventional solutions um, just have not worked over the course of decades. Yeah. And we need to have um, an American president to exercise political will and to do things which are extraordinary. President Trump has the capability of doing Correct. that, where I don't think his predecessors really did. Um, but that's not to say President Trump will succeed. Correct. It's just saying that he has the mindset and um, he has the capability of succeeding. And the so will. All yeah. Americans have an interest in making sure that he does. Right, right. It's, it's, of course, it's a big, big concern. Uh, well, it's amazing. So, how about any suggestions that you would, uh, if you were an advisor to, to, uh, to President Donald Trump, what would you, what would your advice be, uh, Gordon Chang? Well, there's just so many different issues, but I think that he's doing a very good job on trade. Right. I'd like to see mm-hmm. make sure that he um, protects American workers, because the Chinese are stealing hundreds of billions of dollars of mm-hmm. U.S. intellectual property every year. We can't allow that to continue. The Chinese are engaging in some very dangerous conduct, putting our service people at risk. 
They've been using lasers to try to blind our pilots. That's completely unacceptable. We need to impose costs on Beijing for that. There's all sorts of things that the president needs to do, which are difficult to do. Correct. Um, but he doesn't have a choice right now because his predecessors left him a very dangerous world. We've had decades of misguided American foreign policy that have put the American people at far greater risk than uh, they think. People have to realize that he in inherited a lot of these concerns that they're dumping on him, and, and you know, and they're blaming him. Well, I do like uh, one of the things he said, which. Uh, a little offsets uh, the political viewpoint. He says, I have a moral obligation to protect this country. Absolutely. That's, so, that's his job. Right. That's his job. But like you mentioned before, I, I don't know if that was the, the, you know, if the other two presidents uh, felt that way. Wow, we're out of time. Are you okay with time right now? So um, I, I know I've got you, you got to uh, run, but I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. My, my guest, uh, Gordon G. Chang, uh, let me tell you, it is a pundit. And uh, so we're gonna, we'll find you uh, on, with all the writings that you do, and uh, attorney, author, TV contributing commentator. Uh, Gordon Chang, thank you for being a guest on Streetwise. Oh, well, thank you so much. Right. Stay well. Stay well. All right, that, that was good. you want to take a little break a little bit? We'll take a little break, and then I'm going to open the phone, 623-1240, 516-623-1240. Hang in there. This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240-DF-FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. The NLS Braille and Audio Reading Download Service gives patrons with visual impairments or physical limitations the freedom to read their way. BARD is this beautiful web-based program for searching for books and for the ability to download them. It's a great way to have a book with you without carrying a book. For information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov slash thatallmayread. Hey, parents of children with asthma, here's another hit from the Breathe Easies. Come on and clean up the mold, clean up the mold. Mold can trigger asthma in kids young and old. Come on and clean up the mold, clean up the mold in your house. This song may be fun, but childhood asthma is not. Preventing asthma attacks can be as simple as cleaning up the mold and mildew in your house. For more Breathe Easy tips to help stop asthma attacks, go to noattacks.org. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. All right, I'm back, and the phones are open, by the way, at the 516-623-1240. If you want to you know statements or question, I think I can answer some questions. Uh, exactly uh, pretty much what's going on around this world with the summit with Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump. And uh, like uh, my previous guest, by the way, uh, who is an expert in what he does, and you'll catch him on all these talk shows. And people do rely on his uh, Advice and his input, uh, Gordon, Gordon, G. Uh, Chang, and uh, I, I forgot to mention, uh, although I'm glad he did, he uh, does an article on the Daily Beast, I think that's the name of it. Uh, I'm not, not sure, but I think that's it. If uh, I know it's a popular paper. But one of the things that uh, Gordon uh, Chang did, uh, didn't mention, uh, obviously he, he did say that uh, he was pleased with uh, Donald Trump's performance 
and uh, as opposed to the previous couple of presidents and uh, what Donald Trump has done. I think because Donald Trump has the, uh, you know, he's got the guts to do things that other, other people are not afraid to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say, yeah, sometimes he, uh, many times he shoots from the hip, but people like that. I mean, the average person uh, seems to like that. But I, I do want to compliment them. No one has ever done this before. When I say done this before, as uh, President of the United States of America, meeting with the uh, the head of North Korea, going way back. So that's the first, you know, to even... How do you have a conversation with you? In other words, like going into the sane asylum and trying to have a conversation with uh, the worst uh, patient, you know, and uh, be a little scary because you know you don't know where that's going to go. You don't know where the outcome is. You don't know what's going to happen, and, you know. And uh, like Gordon Chang said, uh, we're still not sure. It could be a, a big gain and it could be a great loss and that would uh, pretty much... Uh, you know, affect the uh, Donald Trump, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Five one six six two three twelve forty. I, you know, I am very pleased that Donald Trump, since he's been the president, and I don't know why he doesn't get uh, the accolades uh, for some of the things that he does, and one of the main things that he's done. We couldn't get back our POWs from, uh, you know, not only the uh, Vietnam War going back to the Korean War. And he was able to do that. We got a commitment from Kim Jong-un that uh, I think we already brought back one person of, you know, prisoner of war or missing in action, you know, and we're going to get back one hundredth of our American soldiers. You imagine that? So you can imagine, you know, that, but you know what's, Unbelievable, and I truthfully, I, I don't know. I would like to take action against Korea, and you know, don't hold me to that. But I'm just saying, just for having, having all these remains, and now we're getting we're getting them back because there was a dialogue between the our president president and the uh, North uh, Koreans. Why don't we get this back under Bush, both Bushes, I should say? Why don't we get it back under? Uh, Barack Obama, we're getting it, we're getting them back now. So you know, uh, uh, it's just. Uh, but I got this call the other day from a friend of mine. He says, you know, we got the news from the uh, Pentagon that we may get back. I think it's their uncle, their uncle's uh, remains, who was missing in action in uh, North Korea. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's a great it's a great feeling. I mean, but just the conversation I had with him, uh, he was a, a young. A young kid, when his uncle went over there, he vaguely remembers it. He was six or seven years old. Uh, he would talk about his uncle. Uh, but now his uncle's coming back. Anyway, so uh, that uh, that's a, a great achievement. If anything, uh, he, Donald Trump said he has a moral obligation to doing these things that he said he would do. And that's another uh, great um, moral thing that he's done. How do he do it? Who knows? I, I truthfully, I think, I think that uh, I mentioned earlier, talking to Gordon Chang, uh, that the uh, perception of Kim Jong Un is that he's crazy. We got to be careful. He'll hit us. He doesn't care if he shoots missiles over here because what's going to happen? We do the same, and he, he know, 
is uh, they don't cherish life as uh, as we do in uh, in this in this country. So that's sort of like blackmail. You know, that frightens people. Hey, this guy's not afraid to die. You know, in some you know some places like uh, Iran and those countries in that part of the world, uh, diving or uh, dying. Is a gift. God dying is an achievement. They're, they're gaining something. So, how do you how do you uh, how do you frighten people like that? How do you intimidate? People? How do you scare people like that? You know, if what are you going to threaten? We're going to kill you. Say thank you. You know. So uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Another thing that he's done, which has not been done, by the way. Uh, do you know since nine eleven? Well. Uh, 63,000 U.S. citizens have been murdered by illegal immigrants in this country, you know. And for whatever reason, we don't talk about it. You know, we're talking about the separation, allegedly separation of family at the border. Kids crying for mommy, kids crying for daddy, which is very emotional to see, you know, but uh, one of the things, I want to get back to the 60,000 uh, U.S. citizens that were murdered by illegal illegal aliens, is that do you know they talked about we in this country, civilized nation, Americans are putting people in cages, putting children in cages, you know what a farce that is, if you don't know that guess what? You cannot, as an American citizen, uh, be permitted to, to go into these areas where these uh, illegal immigrants immigrants are being held by the border patrol. You just can't get in there. So, where did these pictures and where did these photos and where did these videos come from? You know where they came from. It may not surprise uh, some of you. It came from under Barack. Obama's administration. Well, these, those videos, those clips, that came under his administration because Donald Trump is just continuing the policy of the previous president. But, you, you know, there are no tapes, there are no video. There couldn't, couldn't be because they're not permitted to go in these places. So, again, I mentioned with, uh, with Gordon Chang that he was on, he was on a talk show in, uh, you know, and uh, coffee in the morning, or Joe Coffee in that uh, uh, phony news, fake news, fake news program. So, uh, but anyway, so we talk about fake news. People are getting emotional. They were doing demonstrations, doing protests. You know, they call them not human. And uh, I just want to expose that that the, the video, you know. That you've seen, and these kids cry for mommy and daddy. That goes back to the previous president, except for the one thing that we've seen: the the little two-year-old girl crying. And Time magazine uh, put Trump on that, and they put her looking up to him, the big bully, you know. Uh, and they're calling Trump a Gestapo. Uh, they're comparing him with uh, Nazi Germany. That was also fake. It was fake to a degree. Yes, there was a child crying. Yes, that picture was taken. But it was at one of these areas where they were being held prior to, prior, prior to separating people, which they did. 
you know. So, and she was trying, uh, like the kids try, you know, whatever it was. She wanted something. She was trying to appear. So, fake news uh, took an opportunity to take that clip and take Donald Trump and show you the big bully, you know. And when Time Magazine was confronted with that, they say, this is not a fact. This never happened, you know. Uh, it happened where they showed you. It's like you're standing in the, you know, in in the waiting room to, at an airport, and you see a baby crying, and you take a picture of it, right? Talking to uh, an adult. So they use that similar type uh, photo, and they they put that in to fit their narrative. That was all about, and you know, uh, Time Magazine admitted it. You imagine that. So they said because they just want to show show what happens when this happens. So they show you they show you something what happens when this happens that never happened. You can figure that out, you know. So it's just a it's it's mind boggling. Donald Trump can't do anything right, you know. You, you think about all the. Uh, all the military organizations, uh, that are, all these veteran organizations, are you think they're going to vote for another president um, in the next three years when this is the only president that was able to get back remains of our missing uh, soldiers from Korea? That's another loss for these uh, fake news people. You know, it's just, but on these 60, 60, 3,000 U.S. citizens were killed, and I, I think I have a call on the line. I just want to ask a question, and I'll make a comment. And after that call or comment, then I'll, I'll get back to you and finish what I was uh, saying. Okay, I do have uh, one of our favorite callers, by the way, uh, you know, and uh, Richie. Richie, you're on the line. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And uh, what's your question or statement? Okay, first of all, I'll answer all your questions. Wow. I feel like I'm being interrogated. Whoa. You're doing everything right, nothing wrong. <laughs> and I'd like to ask you, you mentioned something earlier, which I was very interested, never heard about really, right. until you pointed out about 63,000 people that were murdered in this country since 9-11. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that, that's an awful lot. And that was supposed to be by illegal immigrants, I think you mentioned? That's the count. Yeah, oh, that is by. That has nothing to do with our normal homicides and, and uh, incidents like that we have in this country. That That's like the, the breakdown, you know, when they broke it down. The uh, 63 of those murders were considered by illegal aliens. Yes, Rich. Yeah, and, and then how could these people not want a border? How could they keep fighting Trump on everything that he does and want to see him fail when you have people being killed in this country by these people that are here illegally. Legally, we certainly understand, and we welcome them to the country like anybody else. That's what the country was made of, uh, immigrants, legal immigrants. But why would they be against him, and why are they, even in his own party? You, you know, because what you just said, because they're against him. So no matter, he does, no matter what he does, he cannot win. Why did it take this long? For us, why did it take two or three presidents, well, two or three presidential terms, I would say, before we get the uh, statistics on how many uh, people were murdered by illegal aliens? 
why do we have to wait now? Why why did this not surface before? You know, Richie. So uh, that's a, another question. So uh, it, it's my. It's, what, what is the answer? The the uh, answer is they want to keep it from us. And why do they? Yeah, right. Why do they want to protect illegal aliens? Because they say we're a country of immigrants, uh, Rich. Yeah, we're a country of immigrants. It's true. But there's one word that goes before immigrants: legal immigrants. Right. People that came here legally. I could go down almost anybody's family tree, and they're going to tell you that certain relatives came here from other countries, but they came over to Ellis Island, and they came in the country legally. It's just amazing. You know, Lou, I just find it strange that people don't mind if something goes wrong in this country as long as the president fails. He's trying to do a job, which is not easy, obviously. And, and my, I'm, I'm a Trumpite, so I have to like him. Right. But I like anybody that does a good job. If, if Bush is doing a good job, if Obama is doing a good job, okay. But the only thing I really, really don't understand today, and I'm going to go down memory lane, I don't recall any previous president ever talking about a current president in a negative way. Criticizing the president. Correct. Yeah. Even with Clinton getting caught in the White House with uh, the young lady <laughs> back in the day. The, it, he still wasn't criticized like this man no. is being criticized today by previous presidents. I don't remember. I can't imagine somebody talking against him about that. And even with Nixon getting in trouble, no one talked against him. Mm. You know, it's just amazing why they're ganging up on Trump. You know, the, the, what I... I think it's more personal. You know, we talked about that before. It's more that they, you really? know, well, you mentioned it pretty much on, uh, when we spoke before, a lot of envy, jealousy, right? Yeah. You, you know, yeah. You, you've got people out there that we know, high-profile people, Bloom, Mayor, former Mayor Bloomberg, right, uh, right. the guy uh, Mark Cuban. you got all, right. all these yeah, people. Sure. Wealthy people, right. Wealthy, millionaire people. It's... Uh, uh, they didn't have the guts or the nerve. They talked about, I'd love to run for president. Why didn't you do it? Because you didn't have the nerve or the guts. Now that you saw a fellow millionaire, billionaire is doing it now for some reason. You know, which they never hated him before. Now they hate him now. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know, you just said everything right there. They're all in the same bracket. They were all in the wealthy bracket. So naturally they hung out together. But it's just incredible that they get mad at this guy, especially... In my opinion, he's doing a fine job. He's doing great, uh, considering the amount of time he's in and everything that he had to deal with. And they bring up, like you said earlier, fake news on certain things, like the cover of that magazine. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. They could have put me up there next to a little kid. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't. I know, I know if they put me up, they wouldn't sell a copy. But but it's just. But the, no, if they push up there, they wouldn't know who the little kid is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think that I was from the Wizard of Oz. I know. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, listen, I'm not speaking out of school because Richie does talk about himself. Richie, of course, was a, a police officer in New York City. He was one of New York's finest, and he had to stretch himself to make the height at that time, five foot seven. You know, he really had to do all kinds no, five of. No, five foot eight. Five foot, five foot eight. eight. That's correct. It was five. Yeah, then and, it went and, to five and it was only over a half inch. Wow. But but when you wanted to do, you, you know, it goes back to what we're talking about. When you have a certain goal in mind and you have something that you want to do, you work on it. Even if it's physical, you have to work on it. If it's your body, whatever it is. In that particular case, it was height. If it was education because you want to pass a test, right. that's what you did. You had a goal in mind and you had to do it. 
Uh, and you enjoy doing it because uh, you you want to do something special. You want to be a baseball player, uh, go practice all the time. You want to be a football player, practice. You want to be a boxer, wrestler, mm. you got to practice. That's the whole thing. We're hanging yeah. here. I just want to let the audience know. But on the line, by the way, is uh, Richie Ornstein. I, I'm going to keep him on the line as long as he can stay. You know, uh, because of some of the things we're going to talk about, he could join me in it. It's Richie Ornstein, and besides being a former New York City's finest, uh, he was with uh, Joe Franklin, director, producer, the, the uh, icon, uh, Joe Franklin Radio TV, uh, f- over three decades. And, of course, he was one of uh, Jack Lane's uh, right-hand or left-hand, right, uh, man. Anyway, so, uh, Rich, the... Uh, no, you, you, you're right. So you, you, you had the discipline, that, you know. Yeah, yes, but we had a goal in mind. I wanted to be a cop growing up, so I had a physically. And what happened? You didn't still, you still didn't grow up. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> can't, Poor I can't hear you. Know <laughs> you're right. I'm still <laughs> mentally, but 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 that's the way people. You know, it's just like we talk about the immigrants coming here, uh, the legal immigrants. They have a goal in mind because they want to do certain jobs. They want to make money. They want to better themselves. When when you look at certain things, people have an idea of what they want to accomplish, like the crowd hammer. Uh, oh, the man shame. who just passed away. What a shame. Uh, same thing. Here's a man that had a goal in mind. With a major, major, major injury, he was able to accomplish things because he was focused. And, and as we were talking before, you're into bodybuilding and weightlifting. Uh, people see these advertisements, you're going to lose weight. They look at a young guy or a beautiful girl, and I could do this in 30 days, 60 <laughs> Discipline is the answer to all these things. Anything that you want to do, whether it's a business, whether it's a job, whether it's physical or mental or whatever you want to do, it, you have to. If you have the desire, you got to follow through. In, yeah, in my mm, absolutely, Richie. I'm glad you mentioned Michael Carthama because we want to pay tribute to him. Was a what, what a great contributor, commentator. You know, I just had just interviewed one, and he was a genius, by the way. And, and you mentioned he was paralyzed for most of his life sitting Since in. He was the, 22 years old. In the wheelchair, yes, and he died in the late 60s, 67, 68. So all his right. life, he, he he completed law school, he, uh, he medical school, medical also. school, medical, medical school, school, and right. while physically uh, handicapped, and the average person would want to do himself in, you know. And Absolutely, or, or they wouldn't even have the desire to do what he did, knowing that he had a certain goal in mind. And he wanted to do it, and he didn't care about his condition. He didn't let him stop, and he worked for, I think, Jimmy Carter, President Carter, yeah. and Reagan. Uh, just, just an incredible person, but that shows you what desire, and when you have a goal in mind, what a person could do. And, and it, it, not everyone's capable of doing it. You know, just yep. like we went through uh, about marijuana is going to become semi-legal oh, in my, uh, on, on uh, September 1st. And we went to a party one time uh, where they were talking about marijuana who, being who, legal. Who's we? Uh, oh, no, no, just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Anyway, you know, it was on another station. Okay, good. <laughs> but but the, thing, the thing was that I remember one of the fellows there, he was very intelligent, and he, he was a professor, and he was pro-marijuana. He said, mm. you know, I don't see anything the matter with it. And I said... My opinion is, you're a very intelligent guy, you sound great, except you're the exception. You were able to become a professor being stoned. Most of the people, that becomes a gateway to other drugs. Yes. That's why I was against it. 
you know, and uh, I feel that there are certain people that could accomplish something regardless of a problem that they have physically, you know, medically. But then there are a lot of people that just fall down, majority of them, and can't accomplish it. Which I don't know if it's going to become legal September 1st. You're talking about New York City. I think what the uh, mayor, Bill de Blasio, waived the, uh, uh, the procedure of uh, locking people up for that. Correct. So I think that's it. In other words, uh, we're not going to lock them up. For, right. You, know. you get a summons. Yes. Right. But, but if you don't produce um, any type of ID... They'll have to arrest you, or if you have a warrant out, right. you'll be arrested, or anything that you've done illegally, then you'll be arrested. Uh, but but they'll, in other words, uh, cops have so many things on their plate, they're not going to be worried about someone lighting up a joint in the street. Right. Oh, oh yes, that's right. They, well, they have to they have to ignore it anyway. Uh, now, anyway, but you're right. There's a gateway. There's no two ways about it. The uh, there was statistics that show in fact we both know that when you interview somebody that you've been arrested and I was you know, worked in jails before I walked I walked on the jail so I walked in the streets and you have to interview people coming in and you uh, you do ask them questions which I don't think you're permitted to do anymore uh, do you do drugs they say yes you say uh, and they're presently arrested for heroin you ask them what was your first drug and I have to tell you this 100% you know I said marijuana. I don't know if anyone that used uh, heroin at that time, in our time, in those years, sure. that right. they all started with marijuana. I'm saying 100%. Who could believe that? But I was there, you know, unless they were lying. But why would they lie? You know, they're incarcerated. And that was their first drug, was uh, marijuana. And you said it yourself, the gateway, they graduated. Yeah, and that's why it opens up the door for little kids that are going to be smelling it in their home. Mm. Uh, it's just like if you had parents or grandparents or uncles or aunts that smoke cigarettes, you, you know, that, or cigars or, or, mm. or a pipe. It, it sort of the kid smells it. He may want to try it when he gets older. And it's going to be the same thing. That's why I feel the next generation is going to be affected more by the marijuana than the people that are going to be doing it now. The kids are going to be home, and they're going to smell their parents. They're going to smell the smoke in their house or right. in the car or something that shouldn't be in the car, really. Right. But it's just going to it's just going to make more people uh, trying it that may have never ever even thought about it than ever before. That's my opinion. Well, you, you, well, what happens like there? That. What happens now when you know when the uh, police officer pulls somebody out? over for a traffic violation, which is, let's put, say it this way, it's minor. And cops, one thing they have, people don't know, they have the luxury of discretion for, for, for things that are in the violation category. So just say somebody jumped a stop sign and the cop pulls him over and he's going to, you know, just warn him and say, be careful, but now he smells marijuana. What does he do? Right. Now, what does he do? Is he not... Made the blaster says you have to ignore it, especially if he's just smoking one joint. Then the guy drives down uh, two blocks and, and he runs over someone. You know? Yeah, but, but I'll girl, tell you this. You know? My opinion, if the mayor was the cop and he stopped the guy smoking marijuana, he'd say, you got any more? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but How did you I'm know that? Oh, anyway, but that's... <laughs> I'm guessing. Well, but, I, I, know, but, I know. But I'm just saying that it's just becoming ridiculous just to have the next generation of kids because if you recall in the old time movies with Edward G. Robinson 
uh, Spencer Tracy, all these different actors, a lot of them with smoke. Yes. The actors who would smoke, and that made people feel like smoking because they were copying what they saw on the screen. They and that was the thing to do. A lot of their pictures, and, they were posing, were holding a cigarette. In fact, George, uh, I think it was, uh, George, not George Raft, uh, Humpty Bogart, they said, uh, you've, I don't know if it's a fact, that there never was a movie that you didn't see a cigarette in his hand. I uh, believe it. I believe it. Yeah, so. But because of that, it made people feel that if a star is doing it, especially in a movie or an interview, they could do it also. But but mm. that's going to happen, which is not good because they showed now how cigarettes drop down with people smoking, except the price now is almost $14 a pack. Can you imagine that? I, 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 no, I can't. But, oh but here's the wild thing. The people stop smoking real cigarettes. Now they're going to jump yeah. to marijuana. By the way, I just, yeah. I just told that. I don't want to mention his name. I just told that to the engineer two weeks ago. How do you how do you afford cigarettes? You know, right. How do you right. afford it's, how do you how can you afford a pack of cigarettes today? You know, but yeah, he, but he says but he has a wealthy background and he's you no know, and he makes he makes a lot of money and he's in that same bracket that we talked about with Bloomberg and Trump and category. So like you, Richard, you still uh, you're in that category and you still like Trump. Yeah, hold on. You guys you know, so. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, I'm probably one of the few people that are not in that category that well, likes. Uh, <laughs> hey, I just like the man because I feel he's doing the best job he can, and I like all the commentators and everybody has advice for him that never did anything like he did in his life. And the man has business all over the world, not just in New York. Right. Anywhere in the world, he knows how to talk to people. He knows how to deal with people. Knows how to deal with politicians. He's been around. That's what I like about him well, most people that are out there. Rich, what, what just happened recently at the summit? He, how do you? He was able to negotiate with Kim Jong Un, with the Kim Dynasty. How do you do right. that? You know, just uh, it, 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 he's, yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. He just said it, Lou. Anybody else, they would have been all over that. It was the greatest thing in the world. Him, they're playing it down. Uh, right. It may not work. Of course, it may not work. But if you recall, when he was running for president, he was interviewed and they said, well, uh, Donald, what would you do in a case like this? He said, the first thing I would do is not tell you or anybody else. I don't show my well, hand. You're right. And that note, Rich, thank you for calling and thank you for finishing the show with me, as usual. And thank you. Thank you uh, for right. having me on. I appreciate it. Wow. Okay. I'll talk to you soon, probably. Uh, stay okay. tuned for the Master Pastor. The Bishop Port will be on, so hang in there. We all could use some spiritual lift. This is uh, Lou Talano. Thanks for listening to Streetwise, and I'll catch you later.